Hi, this is Kayla Ambrose. Welcome back to the Kayla Ambrose Show, where I discuss metaphysical, spiritual, and paranormal events. If you've just found me and my podcast, please click on the subscribe button down below so you don't miss an upcoming episode. And for even more information, visit my website, exploreyourspirit.com, and sign up there for my free newsletter, where I talk about all the things I do, upcoming podcasts, books I've written, books I'm working on, my blog, online courses that I have, interior design work that I do, and the wisdom teachings that I share here in the podcast and elsewhere. Okay, so today's topic that I would like to talk about is the eighth chakra. Now, I teach a lot about the aura, and I'll be talking about the aura in some podcasts to come. And you can't really talk about the aura without talking about the chakras. As above, so below. As within, so without. The chakras are within, and as they spin and the energy uh, that comes off of them goes into the energy field around your body known as the aura. And that's what I see, those layers of the aura in your body that show your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, and your spiritual destiny and well-being there as well. I can see markers in the aura that show imprints of things you're working on. I can see karmic markers, things you've brought back. I can see connections from the cords that extend from your body, your auric body, over to other people and how they connect. And, of course, the colors. I see all the colors as they move and change in your aura according to what you're feeling and thinking about. And so, like I said, I'm going to go into a lot more depth talking about uh, the aura. And if you want more information, you can check out my book, The Awakened Aura. You can go to my YouTube channel, which is also Kayla Ambrose. And I have some videos there about the aura as well, how sound therapy works with the aura, how crystals work, things of that nature. And you can join me for my online course, Six Weeks of Aura School, where I really delve deep. Today, I'm just mentioning the aura because it's connected to what we're going to talk about with the eighth chakra. Now, most people know about the seven chakras and what they do. If you ask them to describe the chakras and the colors, they can tell you. And there are 12 chakras that actually are within our system, but we normally only talk about the seven because they're the ones that have the most affected us uh, and we see in the aura and affect us on a daily basis. Here's where things get interesting. We have this eighth chakra floating above the crown of our head called the soul star chakra. And it's there, it's brings part of the information from your soul in the higher realms. If you've heard me talk about the wisdom teachings and how most of your soul stays on the higher planes, and then a little pinpoint of it comes into the body and anchors inside of you for this life experience. And as it pierces through the veil coming from your higher soul, it goes through this soul star, eighth chakra, which opens up an energy there and then radiates it down through the other seven chakras and into the auric body. The color is seen as different uh, by the people who are seeing it. Some see it as kind of a golden white color. Um, others see it as an ultraviolet, they'll describe it. 
For me, it looks iridescent. Um, have you ever seen that clear cellophane wrap that goes around like a gift basket? And it's kind of clear, but there's all the colors and the rainbow in it if you turn it or twist it a certain way. And so it can almost look purple or lavender in a light. And if you twist it, you keep seeing like it can look silver, it can look shiny, kind of iridescent like that. That's what that chakra looks like to me when I see it. So when you astral travel and you leave the body, you go through that chakra and there's a cord that stays connected and keeps that chakra near. So as you astral travel, you're always connected back to the body and you can pop back through this whole star and come back into the body whenever you like. Now, for most people, this chakra has kind of been that connection. And it's mainly been used when you're asleep. And you go to the other side, you travel in that way, going to night school, as I call it, as it holds that universal divine intelligence and knows exactly what to do as you move in and out of your body. And as you travel at night, when your body's at rest and you go to get information and to deliver information to the other side, to your higher self. It also helps you travel over to your Akashic Records if you know how to do that. Or if you're psychic, you work through the soul star as well to then connect with those cords to go see someone else's Akashic Records and tap in there. The eighth and ninth chakra work in close tandem together, but I'll leave the ninth chakra to talk about for another time. So I've been watching this chakra for all of my life since I could see the chakra and the aura and have watched it do its work. But what I write about in my Awakened Aura book at the end is about 20 years ago, I started seeing a real change in the aura. I started seeing the cords expanding uh, and the aura expanding in many ways, and that there was an evolution going on. And my book, The Awakened Aura, really talks about the evolution of your energy body and describes how we're changing and evolving. So I've been wondering what the next step would be and watching to see it. And now I can say I'm finally seeing the next step in our evolutionary process. And I'm so excited to be sharing it with you here today. We've been going through such a dark time. And I've been describing it as the dark ages, that it's been so challenging. If you've studied the dark ages in Europe, it was a time of pandemics and plagues. It was a time of political upheaval, of people being dethroned, of politics changing, of the world changing very quickly, people being sick and tired, and not understanding how the world even works anymore. And I'm a great lover of history, and I like to look back at these times because they show us how far we've come um, and how we're evolving and how the world gets a little better each time after one of these big changes. And that's kind of the ironic thing of living on the earth plane is sometimes what we describe as the worst of times bring the best and the brightest and bring the best changes. And uh, I guess if I'm going to keep going with old sayings here, it's always darkest before the dawn. So we've been in a real dark time for a while now. So two things have been happening and it started with the ushering in of the age of Aquarius. Now, when you change from one age to another, and we're changing from the age of Pisces to Aquarius, that doesn't happen in a day or even a decade. It takes time. 
So if we look at the last hundred years, from 1920 to 2020, we'll see the age of Aquarius, how it's been coming in. In the 1920s, we have the jazz age. We have women going from wearing long skirts all the way down to their ankles to dressing up like flappers and short skirt and dancing and feeling free and going to clubs and doing things women were never allowed to do, being out and about. We have women breaking free, being in the theater um, and doing things to form their own independence. And then the Great Depression came and we went back into a more conservative, dark energy. When the 40s came, we were thrust into a world war, which lifted the economy. And a side effect of it was that so many men were gone to war that women had to step up. They became Rosie the Riveter. They worked in factories. They had to handle the jobs here uh, back home while so many men were off at war. Again, empowering women and showing uh, the things they could do. And then we rolled back again into more of the old way in the 50s, where it was like the women rolled back and were just housewives. But then came the 60s and the sexual revolution and the invention of birth control in the form of the pill, where women again got more freedom. And so each time this was happening, we're seeing a little bit more of the age of Aquarius and us moving into that new age. That continued on with moving into the late 70s and early 80s with careers and women fighting for equal rights and to be paid the same money and to have careers that went beyond before what was only really allowed for a woman to do was a secretary slash assistant, a teacher or a nurse. Those were pretty much the only jobs that they were uh, allowed to do. To now being able to be leaders, to run companies, to have some rights and and abilities, even financially. I know it's surprising to a lot of people when I share with them who are younger that before the 80s, before the laws changed, women couldn't buy a house, get a mortgage on their own, or even get a credit card many times on their own without having a co-signer who was a male. And that male needed to be a husband or a father. And it's surprising to young women to think about that, that that could even exist, but that wasn't that long ago. So for the past hundred years, the age of Aquarius has been ushering in and bringing in this new energy. So now here we are, and it's been dark for quite a while. People have felt down and out and not understanding where the world's going and so upset by things and feeling so lost. But the truth of it is, there's always more good than bad, always has been. But when bad things happen, they get more press, they get talked about more, everyone focuses on them more, and we forget about all the good that's still in the world. And we want to say it's the media, and, and definitely uh, that old saying, if it, le- if it bleeds, it leads, has been the tune of the media since the beginning. But we all do this. It's human nature. Let's say you're doing something at work or school or anything, and five people give you compliments and say, you look great, or that was a great job. But one person gives you a negative uh, feedback. 
you're going to focus hyper on that negative feedback. That's all you're going to talk about. It's all you're going to think about. And you quickly forget the nice things that people said. We just kind of are still aligned to that where we focus on the negative. It's human nature. And again, trying to explain this when people want to blame others, because I'm all about take self-responsibility. If people didn't watch the news or listen to those things, uh, they wouldn't talk about it. They're only going to talk about it if people tune in. So know that where you put your money, where you put your attention, where you put your energy, that that's where uh, advertisers, media, etc. are all going to go. If people want feel-good news, feel-good movies, and that's what they're looking for, that's what they're going to make and create. So what I want to talk about today is that we are evolving and the future is really, really bright. And when I look into the heart of humanity, no matter what time it is, there's always more good, always more good than bad. So with any great new thing that comes, like the Age of Aquarius, there also also has to be the big ending. Everything new starts from something ending. We see this in life in many ways. And something has to give in order for something new to come. We live in a universe that is based on give and take. So right now, we've been living in what I call the big ending. And as this ending is just about done here, and we are close, time moves slowly when we're here on the Earth plane. On the other side, it feels really quick, what we've been going through. But over here, it feels like it's been dragging on. But... We are within a couple of years of finishing this up. Now, here's some examples in the material world, because I can talk about this spiritually all day. But here's examples in the material world where I'll show you we're in this big ending. The first is many of you may have heard this term being used this year, which is the great resignation, talking about how many people are leaving their jobs how many people are just walking away from their careers, uh, all types of careers, all type of salaries, just saying, I'm done. I'm not going to work like this anymore. I'm not going to make my life entirely about work. I'm not going to be working just to afford these material things or more, more, more. I'm not going to be treated disrespectfully anymore. And I believe that there's more to life than just working to make ends meet, and to provide. And so people are walking away without a plan, just knowing at the soul level and at a psyche level that they just cannot keep doing what they were doing. And so on the earth plane here, we're having a little bit of a freak out about that. What does that mean? How are things going to get done? And the thing is, we can no longer do what how it used to be. For thousands of years now, we've been conditioned and brainwashed to believe that we had to live a certain way in order to survive and to thrive. Religions have tried to control us, telling us if we don't live a certain way or obey certain rules that something big and bad was going to happen to us and we'd be punished. We lived in cultures that told us if we didn't obey and do and live by certain rules of that society or culture, the bad things would happen. We were told if we didn't work hard and live a certain way, that we wouldn't be respected 
and that we would amount to nothing. We were told we had to adopt certain titles and that everything was based on kind of a patriarchal system where it was about climbing up the ladder, getting ahead of the next guy, keeping up with the Joneses, being just a little bit better than those others. That's a very highly patriarchal competitive way. And now we're moving out of that into a a more feminine design. And that is more of a circle. And in the circle, we come together and it's about everyone looking out for the other, everyone pulling together and not being so focused on your title or the amount of money you have or the way you can show off about it. It's not about that same level of competition, us against them, but whether how can we all go together as humanity? How can we all do things to evolve? If you've ever wondered why we keep coming back down here and reincarnating on the earth plane, it's because of the will of karma. And we're here to help everyone evolve. So it's not just about have you fixed your karma? And are you better so you can get off and not come back down here? We have to help everyone else evolve as well. Because until all the souls evolve here, we can't all begin to evolve further than here. It's not just the final resting place over there. There are many, many other places we have yet to go and to evolve into. This is just one. We have so much more. But we have to get to a tipping point where so many of us evolve and go over there to where then we tip the scales again and can evolve up to the next level. So you have to help your fellow human as well as yourself to get through this. So we have the great resignation where people are realizing that in a way they've been living in servitude. They've been servants of a religion that told them how to be or a culture or a society or a career. And so we're seeing this also with relationships. For the first time ever, marriage is at an all-time low. People aren't forced anymore, mostly into arranged marriages. But even the thought of marriage, people are taking longer. They're waiting till they're older to marry. They're not marrying at all. They're living together. They're deciding they don't want that type of relationship. And again, part of this is because It also was created as a type of servitude in many ways. Women used to be called chattel, property. And so women were given away. When you see the wedding march and the father walks the bride down the aisle uh, with the veil over her and they get to where the preacher is and the preacher or priest says, who gives this woman away? The father says, I do, and he hands the bride over to the groom. And now in modern times, we just think it's something sweet, having our dad walk us down there. But the origin of where that comes from is the daughter was kind of property. She was chattel. And so the groom would present a dowry uh, in trade while he was getting that property. And so those antiquated ways we've rolled into a more romantic notion now, but it hasn't been that long. Um, and for some people, it's still not where women were seen as secondary and they're supposed to just get married and be in a type of servitude where they 
cook and clean and have children and basically fall into a man's life, what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. And she falls in line with that. Now, before I get any upset people writing to me about this podcast, I am not saying that is what every marriage is. And I'm not saying that's what marriage is like today for every person. I'm talking about the origins of it and where it was and has been for many, many hundreds and even thousands of years. And it's only recently that it's changed. And many women choose just to be a wife and a mother. I myself have done that and there's absolutely nothing more wonderful than doing that. I support it 100%. The difference is though, to have the choice to do that, not to be traded into it, sold into it, forced into it, having no other opportunity. It's different to have a choice to be a wife and a mother than it to be your only path. And that's what I'm saying is the difference. So I just want to make sure that's clear because I think being a wife and a mother is amazing. And what I'm all about is freedom, freedom to decide to do whatever you want to do, whatever that is. Hopefully that clears that up. But so as these things are changing and some women are deciding, hey, I I don't have to get married because the only way I could make a living before was to either live at home or to be married. Now I can support myself. I can have my own credit. I can buy my own house. I can live on my own my whole life if I want to. I'm not dependent on having to come from a wealthy father or being married to get that. I can make my own wealth. That is freedom. So these changes in part, uh, we are evolving as a species. The beliefs that we had are kind of ending. That age of Pisces where we thought you go outward for information. You go to the priest or the church. You go to someone else in authority. The age of Aquarius is about go within. The answers are within. The individual, look within, seek within. Go within and then connect with your higher self to get the answers and the guidance and the intuition and the information that you're seeking in order to live your best life. As we've been doing this as a society, as a group at large of humanity, we have been evolving and the aura has been expanding. And so now our energy field is closer and more connected to that eighth chakra, the soul star. And as we've leveled up and are doing this, it's redefining everything, including how we are going to have careers in the future and identify ourselves with our careers and how we're going to identify ourselves as relationships. Let me give you some examples. So in relationships, we will become more whole. The goal is to become a fully self-actualized human being. Whether you're male or female, you have both characteristics in you. You have male and female energy within you. And the goal is to balance those two. We can call them yin and yang. We can call them the Ida and the Pingala, the two energies that move up from the base at the first chakra and work all the way up the spine until they reach the seventh chakra. Uh, We can describe these in many ways, but we all have a masculine energy and a feminine energy within us. And so when we're drawn to another person, we're looking to 
bring those aspects that are missing within us. We're looking to connect with another person who helps us learn about that, helps us balance that within ourselves, strengthen that within ourselves. And so that's what we would call a soulmate, someone who would be in our lives that would help challenge us in that way, support us, and help us to learn more about that. Now that we're moving into the eighth chakra and the soul star, we're able to get that information quicker. Part of it is because the soul star chakra vibrates like a tiny sun. So think of the sun in the sky, the the light, the energy that comes from the rays of the sun. When our eighth chakra is fully activated and we are now more evolved, where the aura is reaching more into that chakra, what happens is that mini sun chakra begins to vibrate and bring more light around our body. And that light then goes into the aura. And because that chakra is vibrating now at a faster rate, the portal between here and the other side widens. And so the information is able to be downloaded quicker from the higher realms, from the higher dimensions, faster into our body. It's like we just got a high-speed internet upgrade that's now coming through the ACE chakra and delivering this information to our DNA, to our body, to our aura, to our mind, to our consciousness, so that we can evolve. And these rays of light are pouring all around our body, raising our energy, raising our consciousness. As this happens and we're evolving, the balance between the masculine and the feminine within us keeps going up and up and up and connects, making us whole. So what happens when we're made whole? Well, now we feel more self-love. We feel more understanding of who we are. We understand the I am. And you say, I am. I am resonating with this energy. I am resonating as this human being. I am. And so we are now balanced. And so we don't have the same need to find that other person. When we're looking so hard for a companion, when we're so lonely, when it feels like a hunger, when it feels like something is wrong because we're not with another person, we have something within us that feels broken, feels unsettled, feels incomplete. And so we look for that person trying to fill that hole inside of us. But because we're broken, we don't really attract always the best to us. We attract someone that may bring that situation, but it may not be the most pleasant way. And this is how it worked in the age of Pisces. But now in the age of Aquarius, where we're bringing that information and energy from the other side, we are being made whole from the inside out. So we no longer have to look for a relationship for someone to complete us. We are doing the completion within. We are becoming self-actualized, fully balanced human beings. Now, does this mean we don't want to be with someone or don't want a partner? Absolutely not. But the difference is instead of seeking someone that we used to say to make us happy or to make us feel complete or to make us feel right or accepted in society for whatever reason, we no longer have to do that. 
we are now a whole human being and we enjoy being in the company of other whole human beings who are radiating at a similar frequency that we are. And so we can get together with those people. We could marry them. We can fall in love with them. We can have them as companions and lovers and friends. And we can still do all those things, but we're coming about it from a different perspective. We're not looking for someone to fix things. We're looking for someone to enjoy, someone to be with, someone where we're supporting and enjoying life together. And it makes it all the sweeter having that other person who is just as complete and whole and self-actualized and realized. This is what the eighth chakra is doing. Now to do this, we had to have a big ending. We had to bring out a lot of dark things that have been controlling humanity. We had to bring out all of this stuff and bring it into the light because you can't heal unless you clear out the, the ugly festering things out and bring them into the light where they can be cured. And so this is what we've been going through for a long time now and releasing all this and bringing it out on a global level and an individual level. And we're just about done. We've got a few more years left now. Things have been brought out into the light where now uh, they will be addressed. And regardless of what goes on around you at a global level, try to pay not so much attention to that. Instead, pay attention to your inner work and what's happening with you. Focus on that eighth chakra. See it as that iridescent light. Focus on balancing yourself, your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. Cleanse your aura and make it whole and healthy. Cleanse your thoughts. Don't fall into like what I teach about stinking thinking. Lift your energy and see that mini sun being created over the top of your head. It's like the rays of a sun and it's a full orb of the sun that is being created over your head. We are almost out of the dark times. This month of November is an especially challenging time and it's encouraging everyone to begin this great change that is coming. And part of that is what is not working for you anymore is being shaken out. It's being brought out of you and it's being shown to you and saying it is time to make a great change. It is not going to work the same anymore. And when I say it, I really mean most everything. Relationships, careers, how we live, what's important, how the earth acts, how the weather is going to be, how people think and live, what people are willing to do and what they're not. Everything is changing. If you can accept change and accept that this is coming, you're soul star sun will vibrate even faster and it will encourage you to make these changes. Many things that you believe to be true with your culture, with society, what your parents told you, what school told you, what your former beliefs told you, what your religion told you, all of that is about to change. So many of these things are about to tilt and you're going to see the world in new light and see the changes within you. It is time to be 
doing a lot of work on introspection and how you perceive things and realizing that the way you perceive things may not really be what they are. And the time is now for you to completely let go of those thoughts and perceptions and be open to seeing and trying and doing things in a completely new way. Trust your intuition. Trust that you're being guided and pay attention to that energy that's coming from above the crown chakra. We are returning to the light. We are moving out of this time. And now is the time to open up and to accept it. If you've read my nine life-altering lessons book, you know I talk about the more you learn and the wisdom teachings you think you know, but that it's really like pulling back the layer of an onion. And each little layer, if you've ever peeled an onion, it's very thin, but each layer, you go deeper and deeper. And so as soon as you think you know and you figured it out, there's another layer and you've got to peel back again. Well, now what I'm telling you is this is really big. This is chopping that onion in half, plunging into the core of the onion and coming out the other side and creating an entirely new onion. So the old ways and what worked are simply not going to work anymore. And that's in every way you could possibly think. Now, this isn't going to happen overnight. But if you can wrap your head around this and change your thoughts and perception, you will be ahead. You will be moving ahead of the pack. You will be a light worker. You will be helping to create this energy and floating it in the global consciousness and paving the way for others to accept this for those that have a, a harder time with change so that it will eventually be recognized by them in time as the new normal. I mentioned how this will change in relationships. How will it change in careers? Well, we won't be so tied up in titles anymore um, and identifying people by their title and, and judging them by that. Instead, it'll be more descriptive of what a person does, but they will have taken what I would call the eightfold path. Now, the eightfold path, as you know, um, is a famous term in Buddhism with, with what the Buddha teaches. I'm calling this an eightfold path in a different way, meaning that it's to do with the eighth chakra. And that chakra is opening up that light and those rays of light to get us to see the world and people in it from a new perspective. So let's take the example of one career, for example. Instead of saying you are XYZ title, instead it'll be more descriptive of what you do. So let's say, for example, you were formerly known as a police officer. In the future, you'll be known as a guardian or a protector. And so the function of someone who we might have thought as a police officer before now would be a guardian and a protector. They would have learned new skills. They would have studied psychology. They would have studied empathy. They would have studied martial arts. And a lot of time will be done with their training to understand how, how best and quickly and peacefully to diffuse the situation and how to have empathy for what's going on and how to really connect with people and to help them with what's going on. So it will be in a different way. If you are an educator, if you teach, if you enlighten, if you inspire, 
your titles will change like that, and you will have studied many different things to get to that level. Instead of a doctor, you're known more as a healer. You will come from a mind-body-spirit area. You will understand that the bedside manner and dealing with the patient and helping to lift their spirits and to make them feel safe and hopeful is just as important as the medicine going into their body. You'll understand that it's important to keep the spirit raised of the person and to bring hope and to connect with that person and make them feel seen and whole and that that is just as much of a healer as is the actual physical work being done on the body. So all of these things will change into more descriptive ways of being and the person will have a different, more well-rounded education in that way. The eighth chakra will continue to clean the aura like it's always done and to function in that way, but it will also lead us to be able to travel quicker between ourselves with telepathy, communicating, and also quicker with the other side to download this information and evolve even faster. And this is how we get to what the Hindus say beyond the time of Kali Yuga into the new golden age, which they see coming in the future. Now, when you're in the eighth chakra, you're not in third dimension anymore. You're not in time and space. You're in the higher dimensions. And I think a lot of people who are new agers have not quite understood this. And so they didn't explain it where people got confused. I'm not a new ager. I say I'm an old age. I teach the wisdom teachings from a long time ago, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, ancient India, Lemuria, Atlantis, way back. And the older teachings, you have to study and go much deeper. It involves a lot of introspection and work. It's not as simple as what New Age tries to make these things out to be, like think a happy thought or just carry a crystal. It's all it'll all be fine. It's you have to actually have to do the work on yourself, and that's what I am—an esoteric wisdom teacher. I guide people inward to do the work and to clear out anything they need to clear so that they are open to living their best life and to receiving the clearest amount of information from their higher self on the other side. The eighth chakra helps with that, helps with cleansing and clearing the aura. But now as we're evolving and it can do more, it's going to lift us up in that dimension to get that information quicker. And that's what is happening with the eighth chakra as it lifts part of us into fifth dimension, where a part of us, our intuition, our psychic ability, our ability to download this information is vibrating at that higher rate. And we're able to pull from the higher dimensions faster. And so we will at times be out of third dimension. The more we engage with our eighth chakra, the more that we're in that part of ourselves living in that place where there's only higher vibration and energy coming from a very loving place. Um, And the more we evolve, the more time we'll spend in these higher chakras. But that's probably, for some of you listening, not how that was explained to you about being in fifth dimension. 
So I hope that explains a little more about where we're going right now and how the changes are coming. Okay, well, as always, out of time, another podcast in the bag. I hope you're enjoying it. Wherever you're listening to me with this podcast, please, if you feel like giving me a review and you like it, I appreciate it. It really helps others find my podcast if I get good reviews. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and visit my website, exploreyourspirit.com. Sign up for my free newsletter where I write about lots of interesting things and share information about upcoming classes, events, books, and more. Wishing you all the best. One last thing, with this winter solstice coming up, we are going to see the light vibrating very, very strong. So know that the light is returning and it begins at this winter solstice. And if you've been working on attuning your chakras and getting that eighth chakra where it's starting to vibrate like that mini sun, it is going to connect with the light that returns at winter solstice this year in December. And that light within you and your eighth chakra will be felt by the light and the rays of the sun at winter solstice. And don't be surprised if you have an inner awakening, a download of energy or information, something really opening up your psychic abilities as well. So much more I want to talk about with the Ace Chakra, but this is a good introduction to get us started. Wishing you all the best. Be well.